I, I didn't use Twitter very much before all this happened. Like I had maybe like 150 followers and they were all just like close friends and like random accounts. And now I've got 1700. So it, uh, it was Is a, that good. I mean, uh, a blow up of like 1500 new people following you in like the course of like 48 hours. It was pretty, pretty nuts. More Z. You're wearing some fresh merch right now. Can we, sh- can no we show free it promo. off right now? What is this? Yeah. Oh, boys, here. Let me. Uh, I'm I'm rocking the uh, the quarantine fit, the merch, and some uh, some root sweats. So just uh, you know, if you're uh, if your one or two female fans are really you know about it, the gray sweatpants is going to be a look. So let me just let me just pop up here. <clears throat> so we got the uh, so we got the the logo. Black circle over on the front. Got the decal on the arm, which looks great. Little back piece here. So that's not bad. Oh. So for for those who don't know him, which might be many, it's our dear friend Morsey on the pod, host of Life's Rec podcast, who we you know we were early guests on there. We saw the inception of it, and mm. I was doing quite well. We'll get into that later, but it's good to have you on again, Morsey. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad a guy. We, I'm so happy to be back. Like, I'm just happy to be chatting with the guys again. We just had a long preamble before, you know, actually use, having usable audio recording. But yeah, Morsey's back. He's our good friend we went to school with. He runs his own podcast. And and uh, yeah, man, what's going on? Like, fill us in on what life is like lately. Life is, uh, life is good. Life's crazy right now. Like, life's busy. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, all in all, like, as you said, the podcast is doing really well, um, been getting a lot more media attention locally, which has been really cool. Um, the merch has been like the, the merch is something that I wanted to do, like from the very first day that uh, the podcast came out, I always thought it'd be really cool to have like your own clothing. Um, and so, uh, so that's been really cool. Like I just dropped off, uh, I had an interview I did before this, not a big deal. Um, but before that I dropped off all the, uh, all the packages to send out, um, didn't see either of your names in those packages that I was sending to the post office. All right. But we're going to have to cut cool. this. Just cut that's this. Cool. Morsey, do you cut think I have $50? Out. Do you think I have $50 huh. sitting in my account? I don't know. You're always talking about money. I'd, I'd assume that, uh, that's, that's, no, but that's just fun change for you. That's just like for fun. That's for fun. It's not for hoodies. It's, it's monopoly money. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's for, you know, it's for like growing this podcast. Cause like we really only care about ourselves. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, I mean like it's funny seeing like your podcast start and what you were hoping it to become. And then now, you know, a year and a bit later, you're at a place where like you're putting out merch, people mm-hmm. are buying it. Like what was that? Pro- Let's go through the creative process of coming up with the merch. Cause like that gives me yeah. anxiety cause I'm not a good designer. I'm sure you hired someone. Like what was the step-by-step process to like find a person to design the shirt, make it into something that you're happy with and something that, you know, they're happy with. Cause you have to deal mm-hmm. with what they want to do as a designer while right. also facilitating like what you need from, you know, the brand standpoint. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry. Um, so it was uh, it was quite the process for sure. So basically what I what I did and I had told you guys about it, I had, had filled you guys in on the process that I had brought a graphic designer on to do um, social media for Life's Rec um, because I wanted to kind of bring it to that next echelon within the social media landscape. I didn't want to use Canva anymore. Um, I kind of wanted the I wanted Life's Rec to have its own personality, not something that could be easily copied by any other podcast. 
And so I brought this, uh, I brought this incredible graphic designer from Ryerson, Carly Thorne in, um, and, uh, and she worked with me for about two months. And one of the biggest projects that we worked on, literally one of the only project that we worked on apart from making a, uh, a pitch deck or two was this, was the design on this merch. So basically, um, once, uh, once she was part of the team, um, I had hired her as a freelancer. We would sit down on a weekly basis uh, for calls and base, and it was honestly just a lot of going back and forth. The nice thing about Carly is that she was, she was super good at, um, at taking what my vision was and, and then kind of like going, like making very specifically what I asked for. So like, I would say, Hey, I want like for instance, there's a there's a decal on the back of the uh, the hoodie that I'm wearing now that says "Better Tomorrow," and "Better Tomorrow" is something that I've like worked with throughout the podcast. It's basically this saying that like um, I've been told within my life that you'll be better tomorrow. You know, you'll be better tomorrow, and that's never the case. But I've found that uh, if you focus on having a better tomorrow than you had today, then you can start taking some steps in the right direction. So I love that idea of better tomorrow. So basically, I was like, yeah, I want to incorporate a water element and better tomorrow. And I gave her those very vague instructions, and she gave me a very vague design. And then it came back to me, and I said, okay, from this, I want to go one step further, and let's now make like let's have that water element that you had kind of circling the better tomorrow. Let's have it coming through and see what that looks like and so then we had that and then it was like okay let's build the stream into the b of better in the t of tomorrow and then she did that and then it was okay now let's add let's add these like um these faces to the o's in tomorrow and then she did that and basically it was just this like every every little thing that i asked for she would kick back exactly what i asked for so it was like if i gave her vague instructions she gave me a vague design and that taught me as somebody who's like now working with freelancers that i have to know or throughout the creative process, like it was kind of nice to get these vague designs back so I could kind of think about what I, the instructions that I had given her. And I was like, okay, I know that, uh, I know that this is now like the new starting point. Now it's like, okay, now what can we do from here? What can we do from here progressively as we went down? And, uh, and yeah, she, she was incredible. And we worked on the design for, I'd say back and forth about two months before it was to where, um, exactly where I wanted it. And then, uh, it went into production and, uh, took about, Took about two weeks to get it to, to get it all um, uh, imported and printed here in New Brunswick, um, and then uh, pre-orders and distribution. That process sounds like an absolute nightmare. Let's Wait, just start with Lose, that. I'm going to cut you off real quick, as I That's usually great. do. I want <laughs> most good. Hey, I want you to break down the vague instructions thing because I think that's where we, I was going. Look okay, at that. good, good. Because usually I got to lead the conversation, take charge. <laughs> Mo's a bit timid, but Mo's, Uh-oh. please take away on like I want to hear your take on that. No, yeah, like I said, that just sounds horrifying for for both parties. So it was two months. Um, what would you say after that two months of just figuring out what it would look like before production? Like what's the most valuable thing that you took away from that process specifically in giving feedback and like improving on that? Um, I'd say not shying away from the creative vision. Um, I think that that's the reason that it took so long is because this is like, like life's a wreck is, is really personal to me um because of the fact that i talk about such intimate stuff um so i wasn't like i wasn't really willing to like set there was a few designs that she came up with that i was like oh like that i gave her specific instructions on she gave me a specific design back and i was like oh i like that but i don't love it and so that's kind of that's kind of what it was it was just basically me being pretty nitpicky but i was i was happy with the fact that i gave it 
the extra time that it needed to to get to the point where I exactly wanted it. Um, so I think that like not straying from the the creative vision to kind of just settle because it's like, okay, it's been a month and a half. Like let's let's wrap this up. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so kind of going back and forth and really sticking with that, but also just like having a, a more like solid concept going into it versus being like, Hey, you're the, des-. and I feel like this is something that's going to make Moses skin crawl about being like, Hey, you're the designer. You be creative. Like, you know, here, here's my vague instructions. And I want you to blow my socks off. Like, in- instead of being like, Hey, here's exactly my creative vision and let's work on this together so we can give your spin on it. But it's still this idea that I have. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds I awful. Because I feel like I've done that even with like even with you before. Like when when uh, in the early days of uh, of Life's Iraq, when it was like, hey man, I need a graphic that basically just says who's coming out on the podcast this week, and that's like the only instruction that I would give, and it would just be like, okay, I guess I'll make you something. Um, and so like that's the thing now is now being a boss um, and having uh, I now have to uh, Carly got a full time job at CBC. Uh, which I'm super proud of her for that. Uh, we only worked together for a short time, but she's incredibly talented. Um, she's going to do some really cool work. And it's like, and it's good to see as somebody who's like employing freelancers now, like to see them go off and do bigger and better stuff is like really dope. Um, and so I, I have two new freelancers that I work with and a, uh, a young 14 year old animator um, who's from my hometown who I got, I got to show you guys this stuff. It's, it's actually like, it's kind of mind boggling, to be honest. Um, I don't want to pump this guy's tires too much uh, because I know that that happened to Moe's and look where he ended up. But um, but he's uh, he's he's really talented. Um, so I work with three different creatives now who are all kind of like under the umbrella of Life's a Wreck. And now it's just kind of like I know that I have to give them those specific um, details. And yeah, it's definitely improved like the how fast things get done a lot exponentially. But specific details are important, but at the same time, I also think there's a lot of people who love free range. Like it depends on like the personality. It's about figuring that out somehow. But like there's sometimes I work with clients for a video. I'm like, I like that they just go, you're the videographer, like make it work. Cause Mm. I realize like, Oh, it's in my hands now. And I feel like I just, I'm like happier when I have full range that I can make up my ideas and they're, they trust me. But sometimes, you know, there's some people who, if they get too many orders or instructions or, you know, they, they feel like they're being like bogged down by the client, yeah. which is you. Like, did you feel like you were overimposing like your ideas and your wants and needs? How did, did that um, ever happen? No, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty like one of the things that I, uh, that I pride myself in is that I, I think I'm a pretty good communicator. I think that that's like just through years of you know the self-improvement work and whatnot and just like working on the podcast like I I communicate fairly well with the people that I work with so um I I always kind of like I ask them whenever I'm interviewing somebody um like interviewing somebody for a position with life's a rec uh freelance position I always ask them like what like how do they like to um take direction like what kind of like creative do they how would they define themselves as a creative how do they work um the, to their best of their capability is it with a team is it with a hey here's an idea run with it and so basically I, I surround myself with people who um who want liberty and and the ex- the example that I'll give is we're now looking at creating basically this like this environment within life's direct social so we want to create this world that exists within um 
like Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And so the creation of like characters and stuff is something that's going to start playing a little bit of a role in some of the, the content, kind of like those demons that are in your head. Like they've I kind of been brought, that. they've been like brought to life and they're going to, they're going to live within the pages of the social media accounts for life's a wreck. And so I pitched that, um, that I pitched that concept to my two designers and I said, Hey, on our next meeting, I want you guys to come with four design, like four designs each. Um, that you guys think could work for these different demons. They can be rough sketches, whatever. Um, but I want you guys to come with that. And and they did. And then I had the opportunity. So they had the free range to come up with whatever creativity they wanted. And then we could take a little bit from this person, a little bit from this person, blah, 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 and boil it down to this perfect, like exactly what fit my vision. But it was a little bit of theirs, a little bit of theirs. So yeah, it worked out really well. Morzi, like, do you ever find that you struggle with finding the right idea versus your idea or their idea? How does that converse? Because I think some people get attached to their ideas and Moe's and I have this conversation all the time. Yeah. We get attached and we put our personal pride behind our idea. Do you ever deal with that? Um, uh, yes and no. Um, I'm fairly, I'd say I'm fairly confident in my creative vision. Um, but I also like understand like the, like, like I understand my shortcomings, which I think is a really valuable asset within like the, the work that I do is because like the whole point of bringing designers in was because I was like, listen, the work that I can do isn't up to the standard that my creative vision sees. Um, and so like, I'm going to bring in these people who I know that they are the experts I'm working. Like the way that I see it is like, I'm working for them to create pieces of work that I will in turn use. It's this like codependent relationship where it's like, I know that like, I'm basically trying to give them as much information as I can so that they can then work on basically somebody pitching them an idea and them coming up with something and giving it back to the person. Um, so there's definitely a lot of give and take. And there's been, um, with the demon thing, I think is a perfect example. I wasn't imagining, um, the, the depth of the characters that one of my graphic designers pitched. And after I saw what her vision was, I was like, that's the new way that we're going. Um, and, and so it's like, it's a little bit of a give and take. There is definitely a, a level of confidence there, but at the same time, like, I think that like if somebody's like really passionate about something and they're like, hey, I think this could work. And I'm like, I agree. I'm more than happy to, to bend the knee and let them take a little bit of a lead on it. I love that. So what changes when you go from working with one person? Now you have a team of three. What changes there? So the thing is that I've noticed, and this is a little bit of a personality trait on my end, but I have a tough time with. Um, so my graphic designers have different strengths. Um, and so one of them is really great at texture and she's an incredible, like, um, like I, I would like to call it like kind of like a conceptual artist. So basically like she, uh, she creates these really unique, um, graphics that are like, they're basically like artwork. Um, and, and, and it's really like out there and it's spacey and it's like modern. And so she's really good at that kind of stuff, backgrounds, textures, uh, fonts and that kind of stuff. And then my other graphic designer kind of almost has this like cartoony, um, very like fun, young character emphasized style. And so they have very two different, uh, two different styles that are, that complement each other really well. But I find at times it's like, if we're doing something, for instance, we're coming up with these, these characters, these demons that falls into the strength of that one graphic designer way more than the other one. And so all of the ideas that I've went with have been from one designer so far. So I've had a tough time with making the other designer feel um, like she's contributing. And it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, it, it almost makes you feel a little bit like uh, you're like a parent trying to pick your favorite child where you're like, hey, listen, 
I know that we're focusing on this thing right now and this falls very much into her strong suit, but there is so much that I want to do with your skill and that I care about the art that you can make. So like there's definitely times where it's like, hey, I'm like, like I'm praising the effort that one of the artists put in. And then I'm like, oh, but, you know, and, and then I like instinctively because I'm that kind of person, I'm like, but you're great, too. And then I'm like, I'm trying to take that step back and be like, I don't want to give disingenuous just like pats on the back for no reason. Um, I, I, but I still like I struggle with like making everybody feel like they're contributing equally. And granted, these uh, these two designers I've been working with have only been working with me for like um, two, three weeks now. So it's fairly new. So we're still like working on those relationships. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a, a shortcoming that I see in my own approach to working with two to three people. So I want to transition a little bit to, you know, what's been going on lately. You got the CBC plug and then there was that big brother thing. Let's start with CBC. Um, How did you, how did they reach out to you? How did they find you? And then can we just talk about that process of going live on TV and then like what you saw that do for the brand? Yeah. So basically what had happened is I had, um, I had been profiled in my, uh, in my local paper, my local newspaper in my small town, St. Stephen, New Brunswick. Um, you know, we just talked about it before we went, uh, before we started recording less than five, 5,000 people. Um, and so in this, this newspaper that I used to work for, um, the editor who's been a, a really incredible mentor to me, she reached out and was like, Hey, I'd love to do a profile on the work that you're doing, the podcast, um, your advocacy work. And I was like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. So we did this article. It went really well. People all around the community were like, we read your article. We checked out your podcast. So I saw a little mini bump in numbers there. And then um, and then I basically I went back to my editor or my former editor, the, the woman who wrote the story. And I said, hey, how does it work with um, taking a story like this and basically pitching it? to um bigger enterprises and she was like she's like so um i can see what i can do on my end and that's something that's been and you guys both know this like something that i i love to do is like network and that's something that i think i've done fairly well over the past like four or five years um and uh and she was like okay like i might be able to connect you with somebody at cbc so i was like okay great like if i could have their email or whatever that would be awesome so she gave me their email um i emailed them and they got back to me right away they were like we just checked out your podcast we read the story from the courier we think that you'd be a great um if you're comfortable with it we think you'd be a great on-air interview for uh for one of our our anchors and I was like, yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, let me send you guys through all of this B-roll and any information that you need and just kind of like talking with them back and forth. And then basically they were like, hey, do you can you go live um, basically during the uh, the halftime show of uh, the Super Bowl? <laughs> and uh, and so I was like, Pretty I was like, much? well, I, OK, so here's the thing. It was a bit of a it, there was two sides to it, because first of all, everybody's watching their TV, but who's watching the news when the weekend's on you know what I mean like who's that so there was a little bit like certain I I did see a huge spike in numbers literally the night of the Super Bowl um, I saw like 300 new listeners so that was like so that was from the time of like eight o'clock at night until midnight there was 300 people who listened to the podcast but so was it a live interview yeah and then they posted the clip the day after or did they do a live interview then post the clip right away online uh, the live interview and the post of the clip, like within like an hour or two afterwards. So do you think it was from the clip or do you think it was from live? Cause a part of me goes live news. Like, I feel like that those hits aren't, don't do the same numbers or get the same reaches like the clips afterwards. 
I mean, the clip did really well. Um, Natasha, it's a Fatah. Fatah. She's on CBC National. Um, I think it's Fatah. Uh, I apologize if, if I'm getting her name wrong because she was an incredible interviewer. But um, but yeah, basically, like it was it was live and then posted to her socials a couple hours later, and that's when I saw like those numbers like did significantly better on there than any of her other previous posts. So obviously, people were resonating with it big time on Twitter, uh, which was really cool. Um, but do you want me to talk more about like the actual experience of being on live TV? <laughs> I guess was, if, if there's anything interesting that you want to share, I mean, there's we one hear thing. It. Yeah, there's one thing. So I wasn't expecting the fact that like when I was being interviewed, I was staring at a, a black screen. Like I wasn't talking with Natasha. All I could like it was a black screen and they said, hey, we need you to look at your camera and and act as if you can see Natasha, but you're not going to be able to see anything. And so that was a weird thing for me because I'm such a human interaction person where I want to see your reaction and kind of feed off it and and um and kind of kick back the same energy. And so when I could hear Natasha in my headphones, but I had to just talk to the camera and I couldn't see anything, it was a bit of a weird experience for sure. Cause I was like, okay, like, are we done? Like I stay, I remember I stayed on the line for like a solid 30 seconds after they were like, okay, we're good. And I was like, just sitting there smiling. Cause I was like, I don't know, there's no cue when to leave or anything. So yeah. So what I love about that whole situation, it got you numbers. It was kind of like free promo. You had to give your time up and whatnot, but it's something that grew your podcast. And then I look at, to parallel this, like the big brother thing that went on, which just to give a quick synopsis of big brothers, like a reality TV show. They have one in America and Canada. They had one where this kid, Toronto kid, uh, got invited on the show, got cast on the show. And it came out that he was like racist and pretty it seemed like he was a pretty bad guy in the past generally not a good guy probably not yeah. a good guy a lot of photos and picture, up like that and yeah. videos came out where it's like this it's a really bad look so they cut him off the show and they brought him in they brought in a new guy who ended up being kyle moore and when people saw that they were going crazy because <laughs> they're happy this guy got kicked off the show and they started hitting up kyle moore on twitter but they didn't realize they were hitting up you yeah and then we see this twitter <laughs> storm crazy right because I, I was I know someone who knows the guy who got canceled. So like I was kind of following that. And then I see that you're going crazy on Twitter. And I looked at it. I'm thinking how many people would have saw that Twitter storm and like kind of like played it off like it's nothing. And it's kind of go like, no, guys, it's not me. And they kind of downplay. Whereas I think what you did so well is that you played into it. You capitalized on it, not in a gross way, but in a way where it's like, oh, like I can reach new people to check out my pockets, see what I'm doing. And you went in on it. And I saw your tweets and the Instagram and everything. And I think I want to hear what you were thinking. Was it you knew that this would gain you new listeners and reach new people? Or were you just genuinely like, oh, this is crazy. I want to interact with people. I want to add on quick for somebody who didn't see what you tweeted. Like, what did you tweet? I, I can pull up uh, while I'm answering Will's question. I'll pull up. Uh, I'll pull up the tweets that I sent when I when I was blowing up. Um, so so to preface this, like I don't I, I didn't use Twitter very much before all this happened. Like I had maybe like 150 followers um, and they were all just like close friends and like random accounts. Um, and now I've got 1700. So it uh, it was is a, that good. <laughs> I mean, uh, a blow up of like 1500 new people following you in like the course of like 48 hours. It was pretty, pretty nuts. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. 1500. 1500 new followers in the course of 72 hours. Yeah. Side note, that new Kyle Moore that got on also had allegations of like abusing girls and like is apparently not a bad guy. So where's he? 
I mean, um... I've said that uh, I've said that given the opportunity, I will audition for Big Brother Canada next year, 100 percent. And if they called tomorrow and were like, hey, we want you to come on the show, I'd pack my bags, 100 percent. So so basically, like I it's kind of funny. So what had happened is that I had um, I had went to bed that night that the Big Brother cast was announced. And I noticed that at like 11 o'clock, which is like 10 o'clock your guys' time, which is when the uh, I found out that the cast was released, um, that at about 10 o'clock, people like I had like three or four notifications on Twitter. And as I said, I was like never on Twitter. So I was like, OK, like this is just like obviously there's there's been a mix up or whatever. So I open up Twitter. I see that. um I see that uh, my name is getting like tagged and thrown around a little bit. And it's like at Kyle Moore, new big brother member, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, they got there must be another guy who's named Kyle Moore on the show, which is what it turned out to be. I was like, that's really cool. And so I turned off my phone I turned down the ringer and I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I had like I had like 300 new followers at that time. So like my following went from like 200 to about 500 over literally literally overnight Um and uh and people were like making like fan edits about me there was like this big like you know people were like we we, you know we missed out on the best kyle moore this guy's a mental health advocate he's posted about black lives matter and you know different kinds of like you know speaking out against like discrimination and stuff like this guy's like this is the guy that we want and um and basically i i saw that like every time i was refreshing my phone i was getting like 20 new notifications on twitter and so i was like so that you so that thing clicked where i was like i need to do something with this like i can't i can't let this opportunity pass because i know for a fact that like first of all i want to grow my personal brand but also i want to grow the podcast and this is an opportunity if people are really latching on onto the idea that i'm a mental health advocate this is the time to really play into it and and keep it going and so I, um, so what did I, what was the first tweet that I, uh, so I tweeted, um, there was somebody who tweeted the first thing that I, that I recognized this situation was somebody who tweeted, um, at Arissa Cox, uh, who's the producer and the host of big brother Canada at big brother Canada cast him instead of other Kyle hashtag BB can nine. And I retweeted it. Um, and I said, if there was ever a sign to audition for next season, I think this is it. And that post has 354 likes and 26 retweets. And then a few minutes later, I posted, well, looks like I have to apply for Big Brother Canada now. Appreciate the love from BB Can Twitter. You guys gave me a fucking heart attack when I woke up. That tweet has a thousand, uh, 1,125 uh, tweets. And then I was like, okay, I want to go cross platform with this. So I decided to make a TikTok about what was happening um, because I was like, okay, I want to, I want to try to get people on all of my social media accounts as, as much as possible. So I threw my Instagram in the bio and I posted on TikTok um, a, a funny little video about like me, like I poking fun at the situation. And then I put it on Twitter and that post has like, has 35.6 thousand views, um, and 995 likes. So like people were really starting to like eat into the, like the whole story and, and were really eating it up. And so, yeah, like I was like, oh my God, like this is such a golden opportunity. Like who, who literally goes viral overnight for just having the same generic white name as some kid from Red Deer. I was like, I can't let this opportunity pass. And so I think I made the most out of it. I, ha- I saw the single biggest day, um, hit on the podcast, which was just under 350, um, uh, new listeners and and I had like 25 or 30 new reviews on the podcast and stuff. Like people were just like reviewing it just because they liked who I was. Um, so it was crazy. It just goes to show that marketing is not just this one track of like, you want to have this image and do this here and then produce content this way. It's like, 
there's a whole other side to marketing where if you see attention for whatever reason, as long as it's hopefully it's positive, right? Uh, at any attention that is on you, it's like you have to capitalize, you have to personalize it, you have to like get in there if you want to grow yourself. You yeah. can't just go like, oh, it's a mistake. Sorry, guys, I'm not the one. Like you yeah. did the perfect thing, which is interact with these people, like humanize yeah. this mistake as yeah. Kyle Moore. And I think sometimes, you know, as brands, you can kind of get wrapped up in like, no, no, we. this is how you market. Whereas there's several avenues. Mm-hmm. And this is more of the influencer avenue. But it's, yeah. it's such an interesting story. And like, I, I guess, did you answer it that you actively were like trying to capitalize on it? Yeah, 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 100%. No, I definitely didn't like, it was one of those things that I was like, I'm literally getting 20 new followers every two minutes. Like I have to, I have to drive them somewhere. I have to point them in some kind of direction. And so I think the the smartest thing that I did and that I got actually a little bit of flack for, but I think was a, was a really smart move on my part was I told people that I was opening my DMs because my DMs were, because I was a private account. So, or I wasn't a private account, but my DMs were closed. And so I made a tweet and I was like, Hey guys, uh, I just want to let you guys know, I'm going to open my DMs because I really want to connect with you guys and talk about the show and all this craziness and that tweet got like 400 likes and uh and i got like 100 dms like literally like 100 dms and and i interacted with every single one of those people um because i wanted them to feel like they were a part of the moment because the more that they can like the more that they become invested in me the more that they become invested in me as a brand me as a podcaster the podcast itself um so I, I had some people who were commenting under that post and they were like why would you open up your dms you're just opening yourself up to a lot of like a lot of bullshit and uh and to, to be fair all of those like 100 plus dms that i got all super nice everybody just really wanted just to kind of like hear from me and hear like how my experience was with the whole thing but i also like build relationships with all i I tried to build a relationship with all hundred of those people and they all were like thank you you know your podcast is great i'm gonna check it out right now and share it with my friends and stuff and i was just like this is the easiest publicity i've ever had to do just like send a couple dms to a few people um yeah and it feels good you're connecting with them but most you're gonna say something your mic's yeah let's dive a little deeper into this so i have two questions two follow-up questions number one What's your reaction when you see that some random person that you've never met before has made a fan edit of you? And the follow up to that is like, how much how much did you pay for that? Like, be we're friends here. Be honest. I think it was a great play. Like, how much how much does that cost these days? That uh, I, I had to basically write them a blank check. Um, no. So so that was that was the crazy. I think for me, that was the craziest part of all of it. Like I had people who were like taking screenshots of my Instagram. Um, excuse me, taking screenshots of my Instagram and posting it and like, you know, basically being like, like, you know, posting like kind of like thirst traps or like being like, oh, like this guy's so hot, whatever, and posting some pictures of me. But then when I saw somebody tagged me in a post on Twitter and I was going through every like every notification that I get, I try to go through. I like all the comments. I try to do as much interaction as I could. And I saw somebody tweeted at me and they were like, at Kyle Moore, you have to see this. And I was like, and I was like, all right. So I go uh, and I, I go and fire up Twitter and I go and look at it. And it's this like this BB, this Big Brother Canada fan page. And they had made an edit of, of pictures from my Instagram. And it was like, I can't remember what song it was to, but it was one of those ones that's like this collage that like moves and shifts and stuff. And I was like, holy shit, I have a fan edit. Like that was that was the like I it didn't really hit me until somebody did that where I was like somebody went out of their way to take the time to take to find pictures of me that they found were attractive 
take them, put them into an editing software and then make an edit. Like they put their time into this. And so that was kind of like, that was a moment where I was like, holy shit, like this is actually like struck a nerve. The I made it moment is I got yeah. a fan edit about my, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, my I made looks. it in quotation marks. I, I had my 15 minutes of fame. So let, let's and how go. much did you pay the guy before you jump oh, in? Yeah. Well, get in yeah. there. What what is this like? Twenty bucks, fifty bucks? What do we need to pay somebody? somebody I, told to you, do I wrote this. a blank check. I, I had to give him. Uh, I had to give him a shot. I, I sent him a picture of me shirtless, and I signed it. <laughs> I was I was expecting like a, a point oh one 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 Doge coin, but yeah, I guess right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it was off. <laughs> yeah. uh, or maybe an AMC share. Uh, so let's uh, we can like end on on this note. I mean, I want to see like where can we talk about like where you feel like life's wreck is headed now that you see the new attention you've told us your numbers are way up like where do you see did this like change your motivation are you seeing your trajectory change like how has this shifted your pursuit um it's a really good question so first of all there's been some stuff that's like really rocked my community lately um in the mental health landscape and so that's taken up a lot of my attention um I know it's not really, you know, what you guys uh, obviously talk about, but uh, yeah, there was a uh, there was a, a young girl in my community who lost her life to suicide um, recently, and that's taken up a lot of my time as a as somebody who is increasingly becoming one of the more I don't I don't really know what the word would be more active um, advocates in New Brunswick, and I think that that's the thing is like being in a small market, like I my, the content that I make and the work that I do sticks out a lot more. Um, and so being one of the younger and more outspoken advocates in New Brunswick, like that's taken up a lot of my time recently is, is fighting for, uh, some like healthcare reform, um, and for an investigation into, uh, this young woman, Lexi Dakin's death, by the way, there's a petition. I'd love if you guys would sign it. Uh, it's on all my socials. So check that out. Um, but, uh, but the, the trajectory that I see and the way that I see what I do is basically like, I really want to incorporate the the conversation surrounding mental health into um like further the conversation into pop culture i think that, that when anything's going to take off we've seen it through big brother canada when you can like tap into pop popular culture i think that that's when you really start to see like numbers um so with me like the idea of right now i have merch but because of the fact that now life's rec media is a sole proprietorship now i can start to really look at things like actually developing like a streetwear brand um and something that like actually has cultural relevance in that sense um also like talking with more uh talking with more like people on bigger stages is big um, more professional athletes more artists more actors and actresses and that kind of stuff is obviously huge um yeah, I really want to like, as I said, I want to incorporate that into pop culture, but I want like Life's Direct to become the podcast, the mental health podcast that like you go to on a rainy day, like the, the podcast that like when you need a, a bit of a pick me up, when you need to hear some like really refreshing mental health content, that Life's Direct will be there for you. Um, so that's uh, that's the goal. I mean, I'm still steadfast in the in the goal of just becoming like a a full time mental health advocate, making a full time income from the like speaking arrangements, clothing, the whole works. Um, but uh, but yeah, just kind of like staying on the path, really. I love that. Just as a follow up, so you've been doing this for the better part of a year, maybe a bit longer. Um, yeah, close to two now. Close to two. That's like I'm thinking about when this started in your right. in your townhouse in Toronto. It's crazy. How have you that makes seen... it sound better than it was? It was a, a you, it was a lovely place. It was <laughs> oh, a lovely dude, it place. It was a crack den, but yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> it was a bad neighborhood, but the place bad neighborhood, all the fen- great place, great place. 
Lovely place. So the question, I, I didn't own the townhouse. I rented a bedroom in a townhouse. So you gotta, gotta get that clear. It was a lovely space. Bedroom that backed onto a deck. I mean, lovely though. Oh, so the balcony. In, God. in the time that you've done this podcast, how have you seen the conversation around mental health? I would say specifically for guys, um, but you could talk more broadly. Like, how has that conversation evolved? Yeah. Um, my biggest thing is something that, uh, that brings me a lot of, a lot of pride that I'm really proud of is that the conversation surrounding mental health locally has skyrocketed. Um, my podcast has become something that has really ignited a lot of conversations within my community. Um, and that's something that like, obviously like my community comes first, like I want to take care of them before anybody else. Um, and so the idea of like, now that I've had, um, like I've had guys that I played football with in high school, reach out and tell me their experiences with mental health. Um, I've had teachers, um, invite me to talk in their classes. Um, I'm working, I've got a, a meeting with, a the guidance counselor at my old high school on, on Friday to talk about, uh, implementing new, um, mental health action into the high school and mental health resources and kind of like how we can better them. Um, so it's like, I'm actually able to influence how mental health is talked about. Um, and actually like how it's like proactively educated into the system, um, which is, which is the coolest thing about what I, what I do and the, the impact that I've seen, um, New Brunswick as a whole, I think it's like starting to expand. I'm going to be doing some work with, uh, the Canadian mental health association here in New Brunswick soon, which is going to be really cool. Um, I work with, uh, people like uh, the guys at tether, which is a men's mental health social platform. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've noticed that the conversation, at least with people in my own life has become, has become a lot more prevalent. I love that. Just before we wrap up, because I know that Will can't wait to get us off this uh, this call. Uh, um, I just have another question, but fuck. Mm. All right. Uh, okay, so I, I can be quick. Hold on. Um, when you started this, I know that it's hard to see like the immediate benefit or gains, especially within like that first month to three months. The question for somebody who was in your shoes two years ago and they're just starting this thing or they want to start a thing. Um, I get this question a lot and I say like, if, if you are going to start this thing, just keep in mind that like most likely this is going to take twice as long as you think to see results. And it's going to be like twice as frustrating for oh, you personally. Like uh, what what keeps you in the game? Like what motivates you to keep doing this thing? And like what's kind of the overarching mission for you? Uh, it's such a good question, um, because it's something that I've thought a lot about, like my biggest thing is if I could go back, hop in a time machine, go back to that that sad, miserable Kyle Moore of two years ago who was just thinking about starting a podcast because he, his mental health was getting just out of control. Um, I would say that, first of all, you got to humble. You have to humble your expectations a little bit. Like I thought that I was going to have the biggest mental health podcast in the world in like six months. And and now it's two years, Oh, you know, not two years, but it's getting into two years, like the latter half of two years. Um, and I'm just starting to see significant uh, viewership increases. So it's taken two years of back, like of backlogging content where 20 people, 10 people listen to the podcast to get to the point where now 400 people listen per episode, 500 people listen per episode. Um, so that's, that's huge. And I would just say like, I would just say, don't be afraid to fuck up. Like I thought that like anything that I touch would turn to gold and uh and oh as long as i put like my heart and soul into something and as long as i don't mess up like i'll i'll blow up overnight and my biggest like piece of advice that i would give is just like if it's content that you're proud of and that you're happy to make and that you're making for no like because at the time like if you're making it for the purpose of blowing up 
good luck long term because that is something that that fire will burn out and you will get so down on yourself when you're six months to a year into it and you still have 10 20 listeners per episode um or less and and you're gonna say well this didn't work time to go to the next thing um but i'm proud of the content that i make i love making the podcast the podcast for me is like my diary like it's my you know they in mental health like rhetoric a lot of the times when people talk about journaling like this is my opportunity to journal um, and to do something that I love, which is network. So like I do it for the benefit that it gives to me. Like I do it for myself. Um, if it helps other people, then that's awesome. But what keeps me going is the fact that I enjoy what I do. Um, I love to make the content that I make and, and bringing more people in and seeing them get excited about my vision is the coolest fucking thing in the world. Um, so, so yeah, what keeps me going is just the fact that I still like it. The day that I stop like make, liking making the podcast, I'll start to think about what's next. Um, but so far, I don't see that day coming anytime soon. Yeah, you know, it's always going to be a better tomorrow, right? That's the saying, better tomorrow. Oh, baby. <laughs> a little segue. Yeah. But the, nice. my final Very note, smooth. and then we could wrap this, is I think what's, I think what your brand is like turning into is like so powerful and can translate into fashion, which I don't know a whole lot about, but I, I see things that, that I think are cool. And I can almost just picture a hat with those three emojis that are on your sleeve. Or not emojis, but faces. Can you just yeah, show them yeah. real quick? Yeah, sure. I'm trying to... No free promo. Right we'll blur, we'll blur it out oh, on wait, YouTube. Those are all sad. No, no, yeah. It's sad, no. regular face, happy. Like, I could see a hat yeah. with, like, those three logos on the front on the front side. And then on the back here, it says, like, a better tomorrow. Or, like, for yeah. a better tomorrow. Like, that saying there, I just think, is already, like, permeates through culture. And I almost feel like if you can lean into that statement or that like slogan of a better tomorrow or what, I can't remember exactly what the words were, yeah. but yeah, better, better I feel tomorrow, like that's yeah. a very powerful message that, you know, if you're going to align us in, in a mental illness, like light, I just, I, I don't see how, you know, you, you don't take off. And I think that your passion is also like unprecedented. Like, I mean, you know, Mose and I are like struggling to do a two man job with the podcast and then you're doing solo and like crushing it. So like, I, I'm excited to see. I'm, 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 I'm excited to be like clipping this thing in a future. If you put that hat out and it blows up, you know, like this, this is oh, just exciting. Yeah, so how, how do we buy stock? How do we buy stock? How do we yeah, get when's an it NFT? Going public? How do we get an NFT into LifeSurec? It's a great question. I'll have I want to be compensated for the early work that yeah, I did. I'll have my designer start to work on it. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, I really appreciate that. And and hats are coming soon because it's uh, we're getting to spring. And, and hats, I, I wear hats a ton. So, yeah, the hats are definitely on their way. Um, but also the fact that like a portion of all the proceeds of the merch and eventually the clothing line go towards supporting mental health charities. Um, it just uh, and mental health resources here in Canada like that. That kind of stuff really, uh, really means a lot to me so yeah no I'm, I'm excited about it and the fact that like I, I don't know it's like the fact that you guys have done a lot of work with the early days of the podcast and, and you guys inspired don't forget me. about us I dude you guys inspired me a, a ton and you guys still do with everything that you guys do um it's just uh yeah it's, it's cool to hop on these kind of calls and and really kind of like reminisce a little bit um and just kind of talk about where where we're all at because I know for a fact that both you guys are going to be like monster names in the in the media yeah, business once uh just pop well, tire some know. more i mean i don't know we'll, if like, we'll I would clip go that this far. Yeah. i don't know if i go that far but you know like well yeah you guys like you guys like might be vice presidents at like life's rec media one day <laughs> right yeah what a what a what a what a media company yeah 
Yeah. We we talked about uh, we talked about uh, missile media or whatever we talked about uh, while we were <laughs> we, in university. I don't know if we. I think it's no, you. no. I think it was just me and you. It was more yeah, you okay, than yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. I thought it'd be so cool to have my own media company, and now I do. So that's funny. And then you just realize that it's so much more work than you thought oh, it was. Dude, You're like, it's oh, this was so cool before I actually like got down to the uh, to work. The idea of being a CEO is really dope until you're like, oh, I've got like 10 meetings with like government agencies over the next like two weeks that I have to that I have to hit to get all the paperwork done. Um, it does look great on a Tinder bio. But apart from that, yeah, it's a lot of work. All right. This has been great, Morzy. Why don't you uh, plug away anything that you have and uh, we can wrap it up? Yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate everybody who's uh, who's tuned in to listen um, to me ramble for the past like hour. I know I was pretty long winded on this one, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I would really appreciate it if you guys checked out the podcast. Um, it's Life's a Wreck on Spotify, Apple Podcast, um, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, you can check out Life's a Wreck. Um, check out the Instagram at Life's a Wreck Podcast. Going to be a lot of new content coming soon, like I talked about earlier. Um, and then also in the link uh, in my personal account and which my personal accounts at Morzy M O O R Z Y Y Y. Uh, and then the likes rec account. <laughs> how many, wait, wait, wait. How many Y's? Three, three Y's. Triple Y's. Y. Triple Y. Um, but uh, in both of those accounts, I have the uh, I have the link for uh, the petition to support uh, the public inquiry into Lexi Dakin's death, uh, which is which is super important to me right now. So if anybody would just take the time to either share it or sign it and share it or whatever, just get involved in any way, le- learn her story. Um, it would really mean a lot. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for for giving me the time and sharing your platform. That was one hell of a plug little long but it's good we'll put that link for uh, lexi in our bio everyone check it out i appreciate you guys thanks everyone for listening follow us at run repeat subscribe like comment do everything and we'll talk to you next week ciao